I'm fine. How are you? Good. I'm doing all right. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, we finished off the Back to the Future uh, trilogy this week. How did you think of it? What did you think of it? How I worded that horribly. Hi, everybody. Yeah. This is Frank Reviews. I'm sorry. Beep, it was beep. 85 degrees and sweltering beep, in my beep, welding booth all beep. day today, and it, it was just gross. I feel gross. I want to go have a second shower in a few minutes. Um, uh, Frank reviews Harrison. Frank, father, son, dad has a fidget spinner. Uh, that's Frank. Back to the Future 3. Go. Um, I, I liked it. Um, okay, well, you know what? That's, uh, that's like... A faint praise, right? Um, there. But I'm thinking, what if people didn't like the uh, Back to the Future trilogy? So this is three uh, podcasts that are going to suck for them. I have great news that is also sad. We are remaining steady at about. I might blank this out to keep a mystery in our for our listeners, but we are holding steady at an average of about four listens a week. Uh, uh, people usually hit the new episode, uh, and then they go back and listen to a couple of the older ones, and I, I guess we're growing okay. slowly. Okay. And I mean, these are, these are kind of, these, well, I, these I, were all huge blockbusters. It was, uh, you so. know, like a couple month what, a month or two ago, we were at, at like a or something, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> it's like Corona. Yeah, well... Yeah. Pretty soon it'll be 100,000. Well, if we could go... How many deaths from listening to these oh, podcasts this week? Uh, mission accomplished. There everybody. you go. Yeah, I had so much to talk about. I actually took notes again, and now I can't... <clears throat> well, the devil did I even put my phone? It was, it was good. Yeah. It was good because, <clears throat> you know, it was a different setup, but, uh, you know, being out in the Wild West. But I'm wondering why they picked the Wild West they could have picked anything in history a billion different choices and i just was curious unless they i don't know i don't know i have no idea i I think it was a combination of a couple of different things i think a lot of the special effects budget went into part two uh with all the future crap and having to reshoot parts of part one uh, i think and I mean, this this movie barely had any special effects. Really, uh, for the most yeah. part, there was like there was the first time travel sequence. There was the second. A lot of it was just camera trickery and uh, miniatures, and and really. there were stunts. You know, yeah, bunch, well, bunch yeah, of stunts. There stunts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so. I also think Robert Zemeckis, the director, just wanted to make a western. <laughs> uh, like he, I don't think he had made one, so he just really wanted to. You know, like um, the, like the Three Stooges Western or something. You know? I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. Like I said before, this is really my favorite. No, I mean, trilogy. it was it was good. I just was curious, you know, uh, as to why they happened I, to pick I, that. But <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. I mean, the first movie was pretty much purely 1955. The second movie was almost three separate shorter movies with 2015 bad 85 and then back to 1955 um so i think they just wanted to do something different for this one and uh i mean 
let's see. So we can get into it right now. So I was, um, a friend was asking me, because this earlier this week, the 25th was actually the 30th anniversary of this movie. And a friend was asking me why this one was my favorite. I liked uh, I cut out this gap. 99% of the movie. There was one scene I didn't Uh-oh. like, which right. I've already mentioned to you, but... Well, okay. Have you mentioned it to me on this podcast? No. Okay. <laughs> Tell me then. It was. It. You know what? <clears throat> possibly the the western because costumes are easy. Uh, all you have to do is, uh, I guess, rent part of the national uh, monuments valley park yeah, or so, so from the from the Navajos or on something. That part, so yeah, the monument <clears throat> valley was where they filmed uh, uh, a lot of the sequences. The actual western set of Hill Valley was left over from a Clint Eastwood movie from 1985. Okay. Um, that. Uh, was actually beaten out by Back to the Future Part 1 in the box office. Okay. Uh, and I believe the movie theater, the drive-in movie theater that does the first time travel sequence, yep. that was actually built with the um, permission from, the, with uh, it was some sort of agreement with the local uh, native uh, groups that said that they would immediately take down the movie, the fake movie theater, and then they would build a proper road through that stretch of land. Okay. Uh, so I think that was part of the film's budget. But please continue. But, Sorry. You know, it's um, the scenery. I bought you that fidget spinner for yeah, 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 stop yeah. time. You, stop. The scenery yeah. was pretty easy <laughs> once you get to the right location. Um, movie set, not hard to get. Apparently they got Clint Eastwood's uh, old movie set or whatever. And costumes, pretty simple. Uh, and it's a colorful time, you know. Yeah. It's a colorful time, and everybody knows what to expect, you know, from the, from the, from the good guys and the bad guys. And the saloon looked like the same as any million other saloons you've seen in the yeah. street, and and the gunfight and all that stuff, you know. So it was it was pretty client, pretty standard. Okay, but what what you, you were saying that you didn't like a specific scene? One scene. Okay, the movie was great. Okay. All the way up. Oh no! Till that last two minutes, when oh. Doc and his wife and his kids, <laughs> right, Jules okay. and Vern, come in <laughs> in their flying uh, locomotive. That was just dumb. Now, what what aspect of it you, did you not like? Because I I know it's a little infamous uh, uh, among fans and other movie viewers because Doc spends parts. Two and three, saying that they should destroy the time machine immediately, and then he shows up in a time machine. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, but it it just looked uh, too sci-fi, <laughs> too much sci-fi in the it, in the flying locomotive. You know, uh, I guess it's hard enough to believe in a flying car, wow, and you know, yeah. all all You've this other stuff. Your disbelief this far. You know, but the, they <clears throat> they did all the stunts, like you know, pushing the pushing the DeLorean with the other locomotive and stuff and the, and the, and the bridge that wasn't there. And so, you know, so yeah, okay. It's all sci-fi, but somewhat believable, but then, you know, really a flying locomotive, come on, you know, with, with, with the, the, the lovely perky, cheerful wife and the two handsome young boys, Jules and Vern. It, it could be a callback to um, their love. Well, yeah, obviously their love of Jules Vern, but the locomotive might be like a 
uh, a stylistic nod to the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I don't mm, know uh, for sure. Well, they didn't make that connection. I'm still not sure why they chose the color pattern of black and red. Uh, I think it might have helped the locomotive go down a little easier if it was more fitting into the steampunk brown and copper colorization. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. But uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that last two minutes ruined it for you. <clears throat> yeah, you know, yeah, ah. you know, you know, so, wow, uh, yeah. so right. I got up and walked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you 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 voted with your dollars. Yeah. Um, but speaking of just the design of the movie, the thing that I think really sells it to me, there is an image about, there's a shot maybe 20, 10, 20 minutes into the film, and I'm going to show you because it's the background of my phone. Uh, yes, is that when the... That's, <clears throat> it's the very specific shot, lasts almost two seconds maybe, but it's very specifically of the DeLorean uh, driving through uh, Monument Valley. And it's this beautiful two-second shot. It's literally bounding. All four wheels are off the ground. And to me, it encapsulates everything I love about this movie, which is it's a DeLorean, a car that should not exist by any stretch of the imagination, um, covered in ephemera from, uh, obviously, the 80s, the uh, quote-unquote 2015s, and uh, the 1950s, literally bounding through Monument Valley. And in order to for that image to make any sense at all, you need to have watched the previous two and a half movies. Of course. Yeah, that, well, that's a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> I absolutely love that image so much yeah. because it, just, it really just drives home for me yeah. what I love so much about science fiction and time travel and etc. Like, I love Doctor Who, and I love seeing the TARDIS, the big blue box just in a location it should not be, but it doesn't have that level of uh, insanity that okay. the DeLorean <laughs> cobbled together from six different time periods uh, uh, has. There was, a, <clears throat> that was at the, yeah, towards the beginning when uh, Marty's racing away from the, the charging Native Americans. Yeah, they do <clears throat> repeatedly okay. only call them Indians, and they are Native Americans. Yes. And I feel like there's a few too many. I don't know for sure. Again, we are disclaimer. We are doughy white suburbanite uh, men. But um, I feel like there were a few too many headdresses. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that. Uh, I'm not an expert on Native American culture, but I, I'm sure. Uh, I would guess likely that the uh, the attire was was the typical. If you ask somebody, mm-hmm. um, describe a Native American. Right, yeah. Well, let me see. Uh, yeah, brown gonna, skin, long black hair, headdress, it, It's going to be the skin. image that's in the, um, it's uh, gonna, it's, the, the animated Peter Pan. Yeah, it's going to be the historical image. Right. Whereas Native Americans now look like you and me, yeah. uh, except for possibly some physical features of uh, hair, face, and so forth it, that give them... Give the, because of the genetics of that area. We, we are going to have a buck wild time discussing Blazing Saddles. When we, get to it. <laughs> we are just going to be, there's, I don't, there's like four lines oh, you man. and I can safely quote from oh, that man. movie. And the rest uh, you can't say well, a word. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure all of the lines are Mongo. And those were, strangely enough, all written by uh, Richard Pryor. Okay. Uh, Mel Brooks wrote the rest of the dialogue. Yeah. He had Richard Pryor bless it. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that one. But yeah, the, the, <clears throat> it, he goes 
back in time to 1885 from 1955, and he is immediately almost just runs face first into a charging, what you think is a charging group of Native Americans. Turns out they were running the hell away from right. a group of uh, 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 Union the, soldiers. Yeah, the cavalry. Yeah. Um, oh, God. I noticed one point, <clears throat> Marty's driving towards them. Right. They're charging towards him. <clears throat> uh, so he stops. He's got that dumb look on his face. He's got to re- throw it in reverse real quick. <clears throat> yeah, so then he gets in reverse, and he starts turning around. The Native Americans are just about on top of him, and then it blinks back to him turning around, and then they're 100 yards away. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they play away with some distances. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, yeah. but you know, it, it, in the excitement of the moment, it, was, it, I, it worked. I'm not sure... Uh, on those surfaces, a DeLorean could out-accelerate a group of horses already going at full speed. Yeah, well, horses, you know, 30 miles an hour at the most, but the DeLorean is in soft sand, rugged terrain. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a DeLorean. Yeah, and so, you know, a Jeep might have trouble with that. But uh, Yeah, Uh, it's just, okay. And then the cavalry comes. The cavalry shows uh, up uh, and he... And, he, and chase the Native Americans. Um, and then a, oh, yeah, black bear in the middle of... Uh, are black bears oh, that's uh, right. <clears throat> native to that region? <laughs> I would think not. I think they're more uh, wilderness-type uh, organisms, although there search. are black bears out west. Let me do a quick search. But I don't uh, think there's going to be black bears in the desert. Do black bears live in the desert? Do black bears live in Monument Valley? It only picked up the word valley. Do black bears live in Monument Valley? Here we go. Here's what I found on the web. It's not giving me anything. I'm I'm saying absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, come on, really. Uh, Monument <clears throat> Valley Navajo Tribal Park. There we go. Okay. Well, I'll only will do some research later there. But let me pull up the notes. Okay. So. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, so the drive-in movie theater, so like I said, that was built especially just for this film and torn down immediately after. They never screened anything there, and I feel like that is a wasted opportunity. Just one screening, one night, uh, how often do you get to build a drive-in movie theater in the middle of Monument Valley? Now, have... Uh, at your age, have you ever gone to a drive-in movie? I have not. I've bookmarked, um, and I know right now in the middle of this pandemic, they are the only movie theater still yeah. operational. And I know there's a couple within a few hour drive of here, so I've got them bookmarked. But uh, no, please talk um, about... Well, back in the day, I mean, it was a great uh, great place to go with your buddies or a group of people or take a date or something like that. Of course. And, and you know, you got to see a couple movies and it was just as good as being in the movie theater except you're in your own car you know uh uh if you smuggled some beer in or something or <laughs> uh or whatever uh, you know or whatever and um um they were great they, i mean it was it was it was it was tons and tons of uh family entertainment and and you know uh date and enter- date night and so forth right and, yeah um, so that, uh, the, they had the, they had the cheesy little, uh, metal box speaker yep. that you hooked on your window <laughs> and, you know, like nowadays, uh, you know, you need, uh, uh, quadra, sinkla, decla, hepta, 
complex sound. Uh, well, I but think, I think <clears throat> nowadays they just have a local AM radio station that you tune yeah, into. Well, this, so you just use your car's own stations. Yeah, well, this was a metal box. Yeah, and a then you hook it to metal, your window. And with you... a little metal screw dial that you turned it up right, or yeah. turned it down, and, and there was static as you turned it up and static as you turned it down. And, yeah, and if, your, if your speaker sucked, you know, you'd have to back out and, and uh, go to another slot, you know, with a better speaker. Um, so the theater marquee in the movie has uh, three movies listed playing. Francis in the Navy. Yes. Ma and Pa Kettle in Waikiki. And Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. I am very certain these are all movies that we watched and that uh, was, as a family. That was uh, a scene from the 1955, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so those would be typical movies of the mid-50s. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was raised on a very healthy diet of uh, <laughs> classic cinema. It was <clears throat> Marx Brothers and Abbott and Costello and, yeah, a bunch of Francis yeah. in the etc. Martin and Lewis. Um, uh, we Francis the to, Talking uh, Mule. Yep. Uh, we went through, like, a period of, like, four or five months where we watched almost exclusively Ma and Pa Kettle. Ma and Pa Kettle. Yeah. Uh, I'll splice in a, theme, uh, a clip it of Ma and Pa Kettle. Yeah. And now you're um, re- now you're rebelling. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Now I'm rebelling. Um, let's see, Monument Valley. Okay, Biff. I want to talk. Well, I know we talked extensively about Biff last episode, right? But um, a couple of things occurred to me in this specific film. Um, so first off, uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen. He is not Biff or Griff. He is Mad right. Dog. He has this amazing... First off, he calls Marty Dude a lot, which I quite liked as an insult because okay. he was a fancy boy. Okay. Um, dude. He calls Marty at one point in the first encounter, duded up egg-sucking gutter trash. <laughs> and I am in love with that as an insult. That's I've terrific. heard I've heard the egg-sucking thing before, but I'm not sure what that, up egg-sucking <clears throat> gutter trash. what that means or where that comes from, but I you can't. know it's not good. I can't believe it. <clears throat> can't begin to i just what what so the much. heck's an egg sucker i don't know <clears throat> yeah yeah um but i realized so marty at this point in the film when he's confronted with buford he meets him in the exact same way mcfly yeah same way <clears throat> yeah and okay so i'm going to attribute it to callbacks and screenwriting or very possibly like temporal jet lag that Marty is experiencing, but this is the, I counted, seventh iteration of Biff that he has met in the wow. space of maximum two weeks. Okay. Um, and yet he still responds the same way, like, yeah. oh my god, you're Biff. It's yeah. like, come on, you know. You know you're going to meet a Biff at this point. Yeah. Just give in. Why are you shocked at this point? So I'll just go through my count so people can correct me later. So the first one he meets in 1985, normal default Biff. Normal Biff. Before yeah. he gets into the whole encounter. He meets young Biff in 1955. He meets, uh, at the end of the first movie, a new sheepish, uh, sheepish Biff that works for his dad, right. essentially. <laughs> Two coats so, of wax. So that's number three. Um, he meets... Old Biff in 2015, he immediately also then meets young Griff 
in 2015. He meets 1985 A Casino Biff, and then finally yeah. he meets the final quote unquote new Biff, 1980, sorry, 1885 Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Yes. So again, seven Griffs, seven Biff iterations in less than two weeks, and yet he still responds with shock and awe, yeah. uh, which I quite like. Well, and uh, Marty had his uh, look-alike um, old relative, um, yep, yep. Uh, Seamus. Uh, Seamus. <clears throat> played by Marty McFly. Played by Michael J. Fox yep. with yep. Uh, faux mutton chops and a yep. eh, Irish accent, I think. Yeah, well, there, uh, his wife was better. Well, yeah. That's really all Leah Thompson has to do in this movie is just fake an Irish accent okay. for three scenes. She's much better utilized in the first two movies, but this isn't really Marty's movie. This is much more Doc's story. Yeah. And we finally get another female character with more than four lines of dialogue. That yes. isn't immediately... Uh, I don't think we pointed it out in the in the part two episode. That isn't immediately tranquilized by Doc uh, upon her arrival in the new timeline. The scene where Marty is hanged by Mad Dog Tannen, yes. he actually did not get his hand into the right positioning in time, and he was actually being hanged in that sequence. So that's not really I guess acting. that's not funny. Yeah, well, he lived, yeah. obviously, but like, uh, that's not really acting in that scene. That is real. Real. Uh, ah, uh, apparently, um, Robert Zemeckis realized relatively quickly that the swinging was, quote, too realistic. Yeah. So, mm, all right. He's good, but he's not that good. Uh, oh, here's my note on that. So the set of Hill Valley was used for the Clint Eastwood film Pale Rider, which was knocked out of the box office by the first Back to the Future. Okay. I quite like that. Um, I didn't realize this was a real thing. Marty uses a Frisbee's pie plate to knock a gun out of Mad Dog Tannen's hand. In no. 18... Uh, he uses a pie plate as a Frisbee. Right, but it's labeled Frisbee's. Frisbee's pies. Right, okay, so... In 1871, the Frisbee Pie Company started in Connecticut. Their pie pans were thrown on the campus of Yale, and this eventually led to the invention of Frisbee. Frisbee. Don't know how real that is? That's pulled off of imdb.com. I don't know. Uh, When was the Frisbee invented? Well, apparently 1871, according Uh, to this Get another. All right, let's do a quick search. When was the Frisbee invented? Well, that's the uh, one they well, were first it, man- it's, manufactured. It usually talks about, uh, uh, it usually says the whole paragraph, but I get to stop at the first period. The story of the Frisbee began in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where William Frisbee opened the Frisbee Pie Company in 1871. Okay, there so you there go. So there it is. All right. It's actually real. That's it's on, pretty cool. It's on the internet. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you'd actually be shocked at how well curated wikipedia is these days they lock crap down immediately it's, it's a suspect. it's a good source yeah. um if you're writing your doctoral thesis um well you as a teacher might have yeah, some experience I, yeah um i would suggest not using it but if you just want to know general knowledge it's excellent yeah yeah um okay now there is a or stupid stuff you want yeah, to know stupid yeah, stuff you'd be shocked yeah uh i'm pretty sure still at this point uh well it was true for a little while probably up until um 
somewhat recently. But in the early days of Wikipedia, the grand joke was that uh, the page for Optimus Prime was about triple the length of the page for George Washington, <laughs> which I always love. Uh, shows you what the internet really cares about. Now, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but this is I found fascinating on IMDb. I'm going to show you. It takes up wow. an entire okay. page of small text on my phone, but it breaks down the exact age of the DeLorean as it stands throughout the entire time length of the series. Uh, there exists enough clues in all three movies to reconstruct the travels of the DeLorean precisely to within a few minutes at worst. Uh, let's see. Not counting the time Doc traveled by himself, the DeLorean spent nearly 71 years from its first time travel to its destruction. Uh, which, I kind of love that. So, the entire course of the three movies takes a little less than two weeks for Marty himself. Mm -hmm. But the DeLorean itself is 71-ish years old. Mm. Uh, which I thought was uh, uh, kind of fantastic. It did. Uh, they did trash it at the end. Uh, oh man! They yeah. When the uh, apparently they had they the uh, the um, the studio con uh, consulted a local train company about like would the DeLorean screw up the tracks or would it cause a derailing? And the uh, the train company was like, are you kidding? We've wanted to do this our whole <laughs> lives. Let's get this going. Do it. I, I, I love that enthusiasm. That's got to be every uh, train engineer's uh, dream to, hey. to trash a car. <laughs> <clears throat> to, without, con to, without consequences and to get yes. paid for it. Yes. yes. So, yeah. And of course, no one in it. You don't oh, want yeah, to hurt anyone. But yeah, but, yeah um, let's, you know, it's like, like uh, when we were kids, like, Oh, let's go up on the roof and throw this off and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you construct the big Hot Wheels ramps to yeah. have just, yeah. to end in a disastrous cliff. Uh, I That's all my notes and everything. Did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, um, Good series. <clears throat> a lot of fun. Those guys, they, they made a good combo. Um, um, Doc, uh, and, uh, Doc Marty. and Marty. Um, and, but <clears throat> um, I think three weeks in a row of Marty, uh, you know his his personality is always always the same, always the same, always the same. But um, but you know that's that's what made his character, you know. But it was good. Yeah. It was good. It was good watching <clears throat> this stuff. Uh, it was fun. Um, and I think the last movie would be my favorite, uh, except for those two except, minutes, except for that last scene. Oh boy! Yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, um, we we discussed this briefly off mic. But uh, Father's Day is coming up, and uh, I really wanted to set it up so that we would uh, your father. that we would watch, record, and drop an episode on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes, right before that, and I looked at the calendar. So between this episode and that episode, there's space for another two episodes. I pitched you the idea of just doing a second nerd trilogy in a row and doing the Indiana Jones trilogy. So that Raiders, would be fun. <clears throat> Temple of Doom. Last Crusade over the next few yeah, weeks. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Okay. I mean, not that uh, Back to the Future wasn't fun, but but uh, those movies are m more action, m oh, more, uh, more, more thriller, uh, whereas you know uh, Back to the Future is all uh, um, just sci-fi. Uh, yeah, there's a know, lot of sci-fi talking. Entertainment, in, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, uh, I think Spielberg's original pitch to Lucas for um, Raiders or... Lucas's pitch to who one of the two's pitches to the other was what if we made a movie that was only just the good parts 
Uh, but I guess we'll talk about that next week okay. for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, awesome. Oh, man, I'm so stoked for that. I can't wait. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we sign off? No. Yeah. All right, well, uh, social media, I'm getting ready. I, yeah, uh, social media, I hate these days, but I'm. you can find us at pod underscore Frank. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe wherever podcasts are sold. I think I'm going to start just posting these as audio files on YouTube so people okay. can watch there as well. Make sure I, you fact check everything we uh, say. <laughs> I don't need... Uh, <laughs> I've been told recently that I have rage issues and I'm trying to work on that. Rage. I can't... I can't even engage with that right now. I spent so much of my time on Twitter just being angry, and I just can't anymore. I'm just so tired. But on that note, Dad, please take us out. Don't forget to do what your mom and dad tell you to do. Oh, all right. That's, do your that's, homework. That sounds pointed. <laughs> even even though even though school's not over or you're not in school, do your homework. Uh, it still counts. Uh, so that you can go out and do something with your life, something significant, uh, something uh, that matters to other people. Eastwood? Uh, Clint. Clint Eastwood?